Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. I'm Nick Thomas, alongside with me, as always, the wonderful Dr. Robin Hall. Hey, Robin, how are you doing? Uh, hey, Nick, I'm doing hey, well. what's huh? going on? <laughs> how are you doing? Um, I'm well. How are you doing? Pretty well, pretty well. I'm just battling, uh, I'm getting over a sickness oh, no. uh, right now. Um, it's been so windy here in Arizona. Is it a sickness or is it allergies? Yeah, it's allergies, but okay. it's all but like it clogged. It's oh yeah, it's all it's got me days. It's all clogged in my head. My uh, throat is sore from the drips. You know what I mean? From my nose, and I ugh, I wake up every morning and just gotta spit it all out. And yeah, that's gross. You know what I mean? I'll go into more detail and we'll feast on it. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So that's today's topic. My oh. allergies. No. Oh, yummy! The psychology of yeah. allergies. Allergies are really wicked for a lot of people here right now. Ugh pretty bad i had a couple weeks where i was really fighting it yes and my husband he fights it daily poor guy i know his eyes are always itchy. always always itchy and always red yeah poor guy mine too i know i feel so bad for him but yeah. it is the curse of things a blooming right <laughs> he's a hard-working man outside doing ministry yeah that's right that's right he's exposed yeah. to the elements a lot uh, there's a uh, uh, natural tattoos that somebody gets when they do ministry out in Arizona, <laughs> especially if you wear sandals. Yes. Um, because the sun will bake your feet and then you always have a sandal imprint out there. Yes. You know, um, he has got a farmer's yeah. tip for sure. I've looked at mine, James, Zach Morgan's and things like, uh, and, and, and everybody and I go, Oh, you got uh, mill ministry, uh, uh, tattoos feet. on your feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mill ministry feet. feet. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can hear Toby. There you go. You guys can all hear my son. The precious little baby. I'm sure his daddy told him no about something. I know. He's tired. He needs a nap. Every time I show up and then I have to go back in the room, I, I feel bad. I know. Yeah. He loves you so Yeah, he's great. It is so funny. Um, those of you guys with kids, I'm sure, can relate to this. Or, I mean, maybe my kid's just unique and weird, but um, of oh. all the people that he's around... Um, Nick, he loves Nick. He <laughs> lights up when Nick comes into the house. Mm -hmm. He is just, he wants to be on Nick's lap. He loves Nick, Uncle Nick. He hangs out too as well. Yeah, he does, <laughs> which is also odd because he doesn't really hang out with me and his dad. Mm -hmm. Like he wants us to be doing something with him. Right. But w unless he doesn't feel good, then yeah. he'll just sit with us. But mm -hmm. he's totally chill to just sit next to mm -hmm. Nick on the mm -hmm. couch. And just hang out there. Yeah. Oh, Love man. It. I digress. But everyone needs a good Uncle Nick. There you go. <laughs> I think I'm going to get that uh, tattooed on my uh, shoulder. Your forehead? <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs a Everybody good uncle. Everybody needs a good Uncle Nick. I feel like it could be misconstrued. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. Yeah, so, um, housekeeping? 
stuff before we launch into part two of our interview series? Sure, sure, sure. You can email us at a couchdividedpodcast at gmail.com. Ask us questions. You can find us on Instagram at couchdividedpod. Same thing on Facebook uh, as well. Uh, uh, we had a website that was up that's under construction right now. So if you were to go to it, you will see a, a, a website expired um, logo on there. And uh, we're considering what we're, to do with yeah, that for right now. We're so. working on some cool stuff yeah, for the future. Yeah. So And so that will uh, be up and running in no time, uh, Lord willing. Uh, but you could still reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or the Gmail that I just gave you uh, with your questions or just wanted to Comments, say hi or yeah. anything like that. We love uh, talking to y'all, you know. And uh, they, they're coming in on Instagram. Um, and so keep asking them. Keep listening. Please. Um, thank you for your questions uh, that you've uh, given us thus far. And so we can have topics. We have a I list know. of topics. We do. And uh, we are excited to get those um yeah, we have uh, a good. For you. We have a good schedule coming up for y'all that we think you're going to be. Oh yes, you're going to like. So stay tuned. Tell everybody that you know about us. Um, that's how we grow, and that's our goal is to help as many, amen, as many people as possible. Amen. 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 So last <laughs> week we interviewed you. Um, Moi. Yeah. What did you think about that? That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that uh, I mean. Though I knew, I mean, I know a lot of your story and things sure. like that, but if I can put myself in the shoes of an audience member, I think that uh, it was really compelling your answers to talk about, um, you know, where you were before Christ and after Christ involving uh, mental health, involving psychology, counseling, therapy, what, uh, whatever um, uh, you want to call it uh, in that regard. And uh, I think that uh, we know you just now a little bit more oh, cool. uh, intimately. So we hope to solve that today. Uh-huh. But you're going to be interviewing me. That's right. Okay. The tables have turned, Nicholas. There you go. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and she's hooking me up like uh, the Milgram experiment right now. <laughs> Ask me quick. And I, if I don't answer right. Right. I'm going to give him an electric shock. It's going to be an electric shock. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we thought it would be interesting, right, to do this interview series while we kind of get ourselves like... Um, not even back on track. I don't mean that, but like reorganized in mm-hmm. light of things that are changing. So, and we thank you for hanging in there for it. Yeah. You probably don't notice, which is great. Well, we hope, <laughs> yeah, we have. We, well, if we you notice. do notice, we appreciate your grace. So, yeah. very well, much. You notice so. the uh, <laughs> the chaotic uh, recording sessions uh, sometimes uh, uh, coming in here. And right. like, well, oh, I think we're... I think also too, like part of it is <laughs> I am I have a long history battling. Uh, worldly perfectionism mm. but as christians and this is good like we're called to be the best at what we do and mm-hmm. we want to be proud for christ and what we produce mm-hmm. um for you guys and so when we feel like life the chaos of life right the the struggles the trials whatever is going on um external to the podcast mm-hmm. um we probably f- we feel that Right. And we, whether or not it's actually bleeding through, we Mm -hmm. feel like it's coming through. So anyway, we appreciate your love and support and please keep doing those things and pray for us. Always. Um, So Nick. We pray for you every time that we, before we um, uh, record these podcasts. Oh yeah. And uh, we hope that uh, God is enlightening your heart and soul. Uh, even entertaining you with some of our topics as well. I know. And, um, and then uh, we, we do hear from you all the time, hey, I passed this, uh, this to my friend, and they could need this encouragement on any given day. So uh, 
Uh, we pray that uh, you keep on sharing and keep on listening, and it looks right. like you are, and the Lord is answering those things. Yeah, so. we want we we want the dialogue around all of this to change all yes. like mental health and Christianity. Mm-hmm. There's been such a divide, cash yeah. divided. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, the questions that you ask uh, me today, um, you know, will will reveal such things. Okay. So, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and start with some general fund of knowledge questions. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what was the name of the Native American woman who helped Lewis and Clark on their famous expedition oh. <laughs> through the Colombian Snake River Valleys? Samuel Jackson. <laughs> um, Native American woman. Yeah. Sacagawea. Yeah, it was Sacagawea, right? <laughs> I used to have a coin, the Sacagawea. Yes. Uh, coin, so. So. Okay, no, those aren't the questions I'm going to ask you. Um, so, Brother Nick, mm-hmm. uh, do you remember what question you started with for me last week? Not specifically. Um, I remember. So, tell us, like, what your training is in the area of, like, behavioral health, psychology, mm-hmm. mental health, this arena that we live in, um, and why you got interested mm-hmm. in it. That's a good place to start. Yeah. So my degree is in behavioral health science, bachelor's of behavioral science. Um, graduated with Latin honors at uh, Grand Canyon uh, University. Um, just basic foundations of counseling and behavioral health. Um, I have a, a big, a pretty extensive background in theology um, mm. as well. Um, I love reform doctrine so much, church history so much, and I incorporate um, those uh, those things. As far as what I've been doing in counseling for the last six years that I've been with the Lord is really one-on-one counseling sessions with men, hmm. uh, specifically men. Now, that's just not to say that I haven't counseled women before, usually not a one-on-one session, usually just a brotherly encouragement to a sister. Sure, an exhortation, yeah. yes. Um, but there, um, I used to do uh, what we would call old-school counseling. We would meet a, at a cigar lounge. <laughs> And tell me your woes for about two hours. That's you know what I mean? Old, that's old yeah. school counseling. Uh, to me, it's like a, you know Freud was always I having a cigarette, that. sitting behind somebody, and I go, dude, we need to, <laughs> we need to, let's get some nicotine involved and get a and, and get a, a cigar. You can let's drink a Pepsi if you want, uh, and uh, we'll go to town. Nicotine is a vasodilator, right? Uh, so let's get the blood flowing and uh, the uh, vulnerability. Uh, <laughs> give an example. Going. Give an example. Uh, a brother that I knew was struggling. Um, um, with um, some uh, sexual immorality and uh, sleeping with somebody who wasn't supposed to be sleeping with. Uh, they will go on uh, nameless. So here. somebody that wasn't, he wasn't married to. Wasn't married to, but had kids with, and it was very hard dynamic because, you know, uh, it started convicting him as he was doing ministry, started really uh, convicting him, and he had to step away from ministry because he was, uh, well, he's basically... You can't tell somebody not to do something, and you're living in sin as well. Uh, and this is a, a sin that uh, God says to to kill. Right. Well, and mm-hmm. also, like, once you're not supposed to be in ministry, like leading ministries, right, or engaging in ministry if yeah. you are um, actively engaging in right. Sin so like that. imagine somebody uh, telling somebody not to commit adultery, yet you're yeah. committing adultery. So crisis pull the log out of your eye. Right. Kind of thing like that. And he understood that. And he, so this is like a counselor's dream, right? When they listen. Yes. <laughs> I can't tell you <laughs> how blessed it is for somebody actually going, right, you're right. And then they actually do. You don't uh, need to tell me because I know yeah. very well <laughs> what you are describing. Um, 
uh, the worst is when you get the battle, right? And you get chuck- something chucked at you, which has happened. You know, I've, I've <laughs> not had anything thrown at me. Yeah. Praise I've heard Lord. a therapist getting like staplers thrown at their face oh, yeah. and I, stuff like, like I, that. Yeah. Weird stuff happens. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Uh-oh. Well, the thing is, is that like in most like situation environments where you're going to get access to that as mm-hmm. a psychologist or like a, a social worker that's counseling um, or, an, you know, like a, li- an, a licensed mm-hmm. um a master's level counselor, right. uh, they, th- people that are housed on units like that in hospitals understand that the clinicians have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So they tend to avoid attacking mm-hmm. physically the people who have that power and they focus more on the day-to-day staff, yeah. which sucks. Mm-hmm. But um, so I've, I've never been um, in a situation where, mm. Like I've had anything thrown at that, yeah. but I, I do know they break the social worker, but people not the, that yeah. do, <laughs> yeah. well, not even the, so, like, I mean like the BHT. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The technician all, yeah. <laughs> the technician always gets the brunt of the work. I remember myself, um, struggling, uh, with uh, addiction at the time and having to go to a rehab. Uh, and I loved our BHT. He drove around the vans as well, <laughs> uh, to take us to a different spot and they would just treat him like just dog crap (laughs) and that's you know the bht doesn't always just drive around vans and things like that but this guy did and he was the nicest guy in the world he was the one that you can go and talk to on a personal friendly level and say and he would pray with you too as well he was a christian man they would just treat him like junk just and he just turned the other everything was his fault everything was his fault that's yeah yeah. unfortunately bht is kind of a catch-all category so for for people like for staff that do all of the like day-to-day uh, necessity stuff within mm-hmm. behavioral health, mental health. Right. Um, and so, so yeah. So you, when did you graduate? Um, I graduated last year. Right. Um, I mean, I and, knew the uh, answer to that. Yes. But. Yes. <laughs> last year um, at Grand Canyon university. Right. Um, going for my doctorate next. And it's probably going to be uh, Northern Arizona university. Um, they have a campus here in the West Valley. Um, so when you say that, mm-hmm. have you applied and been accepted to a program? Are you looking, like you say NAU. Yeah, I'm looking at NAU and a couple different schools, so I haven't decided yet. Okay. Kind of thing. So and you're uh, in that period. Yeah, and as I'm uh, kind of in that limbo area, I'm developing ministries that are centered around um, these topics too as well. I have an anti-abortion ministry mm-hmm. um, uh, that's called the Imago Day. Um, where we reach out to mothers um, that are wanting abortions and they post in public social media forums. Sure, groups. And so we and go stuff. in there. Yeah, and we've seen over 140 babies saved. Actually, uh, I, I think we lost count by now. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can go to the imagoday.org to support us. Every time we've raised money from mothers and things like that, we've always gotten it tenfold. There has never been yeah. uh, a person that we couldn't serve. It's incredible yeah. to watch that happen, yeah, actually. It's, it's amazing. And like, uh, full baby registries right. are bought out and yeah. by by complete strangers and sent yeah. to these women. Christ overall is our rock and foundation in this ministry, but Sammy Cooper is the one um, that really does the hard labor in this, and, and she's so great. And uh, so I'm partnering up with her. I'm on the theological side, the structural side, uh, the media side, and of course I reach out and volunteer as well. Sure. Um, you get to learn a lot about the psychology of keyboard warriors uh, <laughs> on that point. And um, you really start to get creative. And uh, even when they're slandering you and insulting you, because um, I love 
picking up on patterns of behavior in words. I can use those words and have a theological implication to whatever slander that they're coming out with me. Uh-huh. And it really just, it does get you creative in how to talk can to people. Can you give us an example so people know what you, what you mean? Uh, for sure. So, I mean, where do I go? I don't always have to go to the slandering uh, part uh, mm-hmm. at all. Um, but if somebody, I'll give you just a small example. If somebody goes, uh, oh, so you saying that I have to go without, uh, if I have a kid, if I don't uh, have an abortion, um, um, or if I have an abortion, I get all this, uh, I get all these material things, right? I get all, um, I get my, I still have my job. My life doesn't change. I can go to school. I can do this. Right, right, right. right. Um, and really what I hear out of that is a fear out of the basic design that God has designed you with, mm-hmm. right, of your life changing. And when I think about that, it creates anxiety, it creates fear of that. So I can go in with the gospel and address the things that they didn't understand that they're actually communicating to me. So how would you respond, for example? So I go, well, the biggest thing that I that I hear in there is fear. Mm-hmm. And see, in Matthew 6, Jesus says, do not search after these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need these things, you know, water, food, clothing, shelter, uh, shelter the basic essentials. The biggest fear of man is that, that he's not going to get those things because we fear death. Mm-hmm. And so it really is a big, 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 I mean, theological implication when somebody says that I need an abortion because I'm not going to get all these things if I don't, is that they're actually fearing death or they're fearing suffering in some kind of way. Yeah, they're feeling loss of... Right. Yeah, fearing loss of... And so I hear that all the time. So my my response to them is going to be centered around what they didn't realize that they just said to me. I got gotcha. <laughs> um, I can go, well, you know, those things are not in, uh, so important. The baby's life is important, which is true. Yeah. Which is true. But I'm going to I'm going to prick their heart a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it works. It, it, it works. It, it, I'm not saying that everybody's going. Uh, everybody gets my response and goes, oh, I won't have an abortion. No. Right. But I from their response, I usually get blocked right away <laughs> after that. Because you course. can't. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to respond. Uh, you got you're, you're not going to lie to me. You know what right, I mean? Right. Um, but then we've had people come back like three days later. I couldn't get out you know, of my what, head what you, what said, you said. And yeah. I go. Because that is the right. sinful uh, thing that God is addressing. Gospel, the gospel never yeah. returns void. Yeah, that's so. like the seed. Mm-hmm. Think about that, guys. Like the the seed is planted. Um, that is really interesting. So what you're describing essentially is like reading the subtext of mm-hmm. what's being said, right? Which is a <laughs> and using that yeah. to identify what they're actually like. Re- they right. really mean what they're really trying to convey, and then addressing that right. in your response. From a right. scriptural platform. Right. Which, um, you know, is a mark of somebody that is good at exhorting people or, or counseling or therapy. I'm not saying specifically psychotherapy, but I'm saying a particular technique in counseling that oh, I yeah. think that we would have to... Um, you pay uh, attention to, yeah. to... Right. Yeah. You don't it's, always really realize what you're saying. It's more existential because it's, you know, focused on the now and it's what's harboring inside your heart, uh, mm-hmm. your biggest fears and things like, and I think that uh, a lot of people need to address their fears as well, even if they don't realize that they're fearing mm-hmm. it. It really, the Bible in Ecclesiastes uh, says that he's made everything beautiful and it's time and he's written eternity on man's heart. That is probably the biggest thing in man's life is eternity, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's infinite. Yeah. You know, everything else is finite that you deal with, but eternity is in your heart. Mm-hmm. How much does that, I mean, if you didn't die, you wouldn't get into the half of the things 
that you're getting, you probably mm-hmm. wouldn't even move. But <laughs> you don't I know. Get, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like, well, that's the thing. Like we we act like each one of you, each one of us, is an immortal soul. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what we think or believe, we are an immortal soul. Mm-hmm. But we act mm-hmm. like we are finite. Yeah, and that is to our folly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I go, well, so when I hear these fear responses, uh-huh. I go, you're afraid of getting hurt. You're afraid of suffering. Mm-hmm. You're ultimately afraid of death, mm-hmm. which is what uh, the secular world accuses us of being. And I go, well, I was afraid of death. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not anymore. I have a healthy, like, I don't want to die. You well, know right. what I mean? You're not going to wander into traffic with a blindfold. No, I'm not afraid of death. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's stupid. I don't <laughs> test the Lord, but like, uh, um, but, God calls um, you to be wise and I have discerning a, too. I now have a healthy understanding about death and knowing, and I've resolved in my heart that it is well with my soul. Right. If I'm going to make it like that, because that does leave an avenue of suffering that I'll have to submit to. I don't want to get hurt just as sure. much as the next person, but it's well with my soul if I do. Sure. And that's what you need. And so that now, that fear transfers into peace. And Jesus says, the peace that I leave with you is the peace of God. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like the world's peace. So... I think about that aspect every time I hear those responses about fear right. and I go, let's dig in there real quick. And sometimes I can bring out other things, a, lot, a guilty conscience, uh, other things that maybe you didn't notice that's bringing it, it perpetuating that fear. Right. And then we can ultimately go back to death as the root and then all these categories that stem from it. And that's, and then my basic knowledge in uh, behavioral health and how to counsel those things well, yeah, might come into play. Mm-hmm. And of course my theology thrusts all of them. So I'm not strictly newthetic, but I am in my exhortation. Sure. Um, and what the Bible and what okay. God would say about that. Would yeah. you please explain what you mean mm-hmm. when you say newthetic? Yeah. And so we went over a little bit about this in, in the interview with you. Uh, Remind yeah. everybody. Um, uh, newthetic. Well, it's a Greek term meaning um, to admonish. And basically, a newthetic, it's a, a, to a modish in scripture. So uh, basically, that, that's what newthetic counseling is, or that's what um, um, Adams would say, J. J. Adams, sure. right? Um, and, um, We're not plugging J. Adams, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It is a reformed way of looking at counseling. Mm-hmm. I do support it with an asterisk. Right. Um, no one's going to disagree that you should admonish with scripture and structure with scripture. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that the word is enough. The yes, word, I mean, it's sufficient. Uh, it's sufficient. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know everything about everything, but you do need to know scripture. Right. However, because I do believe in truth and I believe in the material and an immaterial world, I do believe it, it, it behooves us to understand the physiological side and the, uh, and the existential uh, and the immaterial side of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, therefore, when I look at PTSD, I go, what category of the fall is this? And how does it, you know, manifest in our lives? And what's going on physiologically and all things like that? Right. That way I can better address it because sometimes people are, are experiencing something and it's it's not necessarily sin that they're experiencing it. It sure. could be something that happened or it could be a fear of death and they don't know it because they got in an accident sure. or things like that. And I go, okay, this allows me to dictate what type of mercy and grace, not a level above or below anybody else, but what they need. Um, and, um, and so understanding. It, um, it allows you to tailor your response to the exactly. needs of the person you're working with. Exactly. And now I want to dominionize everything mm-hmm. as a Christian, as a post-millennialist, as a theonomist, um, uh, that Christ rule, uh, rules over everything. He rules over the psyche as well. 
That being said, there's a lot of things that I disagree with that the APA employs. Of course. <laughs> that the American Psychological Association uh, 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 um, uh, says. So um, I'm, I'm not trying to find a balance between newthetic and, and uh, uh, psychotherapy. What I'm trying or to find... Or like secular yeah. psychotherapeutic yeah. practices. What I'm trying to find is the truth in the matter. Sure. And then from the overflow of that, what does the Bible say? Yeah. Well, so, I'm, so like, what does God, what does God say about this informs how I approach mm -hmm. the information, right? My worldview is informed mm -hmm. by what I understand about creation and the way the world works. Mm -hmm. God says this about the fall and sin mm -hmm. and how it's impacted us and how it, it is impacting us. Mm -hmm. He says this about redemption and salvation, mm -hmm. right? So those things inform mm -hmm. how I assess even mm -hmm. Whatever yeah. issue. Whatever I might issue even is. have different criteria for certain things sure. based off of what we just said about fear. I mean, how much does that drive our decision making? We don't even know it. Right. You know what I mean? Like those are those are things that I find interesting. You know, those. Well, I'll describe it this way. Uh, people have had racing thoughts. Probably everybody that's listening to this has had at one point, um, you know, a night where they couldn't sleep because 8000 thoughts going through their head. Now, the thing about racing thoughts is that you know every single thought you're having, but if somebody were to ask what you're thinking, you wouldn't know where to start or wouldn't even know how to communicate it because it's so much, but you know everything. It's so weird that you cannot describe how you're feeling at that point. What you're thinking. But right. your soul knows exactly <laughs> how you feel and what you're thinking, you know? Um, and I try to look at the common denominators in everything. What is the common denominator with this uh, particular attribute of you in this particular attribute? And we'll try to find and fight through the weeds of those similarities that we're seeing here. Um, and uh, I analyze that in my own life. And a lot of it is, is fear-based and things like that. So yeah. uh, the reason why I bring that up is, is really it's it's... I want to find out. I want to. I want to search through those things. I want you to be able to understand and communicate what it is that's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that is. Yeah, I think that's my overall goal when talking to somebody, like in counseling. Yeah, in counseling, is to not is to not so much give advice, though I will give advice, and I think it's important is for you to understand and for you to communicate that and to, for you to walk in the light of God as he, has, as he would have you in this disposition. Um, sometimes I don't counsel to mitigate the pain or to take away the suffering either. I want to counsel of how to, uh, how to suffer um, well, accordingly to it well, you know. Well, there is you nothing know. you can do to take somebody's suffering away. Right, and I think that the secular world has got that cross nowadays, you mm -hmm. know. Um, oh, I got to go see a therapist because if I don't, I'll just be crazy all week. And I'm like, uh, you know, go see a therapist, by the way. But, yes. uh, <laughs> but if you think he's the healer or she's the healer, right. um, you got to cross. So, like, they can be a helper, mm -hmm. right? A helper. But Christ yes. is the mm -hmm. healer. Um, so this, like, I think um, you've you've kind of like answered this a little bit, like, you know, what mm -hmm. your interest in this whole area is, you know, um, why did you become interested in human behavior and 
what I mean, the stuff that you've described, what was it that led you there? I had an experiment done on me when I was five years old. It's just a traumatic response. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nick. There's I was analyzed by a doctor in a no. case study. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, my heart started pounding. You're like, what? <laughs> somebody I was like, hold the phone. Somebody did surgery on Stop me. Stop the recording right now. <laughs> okay. a, there's a rod through my brain right now and my mm. nickname is Lobotomy. Um <laughs> Um, <laughs> Nickelobe, um, anyway, yeah, okay. right. Um, Nickelobe. Um, so, okay, for real. Well, I'll, I'll start with this. Uh, when I uh, started walking with Christ out of atheism and nihilistic uh, atmosphere, tell everyone what nihilism is. Well, I mean, it's Nietzsche's doctrine and uh, of nihilism, and, and I'll just boil it down to this at the end of the day, nothing matters. That's how I took it. Yeah. Right now, there is more. Well, and because nothing matters, yeah. what should be the primary pursuit of your life? Yeah, right. Pleasure. Uh, pleasure, right. So it's a form of hedonism, but it's also a form of anarchism. It, it, you know, because even if you achieve the happiness, it doesn't really matter. Uh, which the hedonists say w that would be the only thing that matters. Nietzsche would say, well, that doesn't even matter, right. but go ahead and do it anyway, since nothing matters. Nothing really yeah. matters. Yes. Oh, man, that was so Dust awful. in the wind. No. Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody, Nick. <laughs> No. I like Kansas better than uh, the than Queen. Queen. Yeah. Um, no. Every way the wind <laughs> blows. <laughs> okay. But uh, um, but when I started, first started walking, yeah, when I first started walking with Christ, um, um, I went through, I was just going to say it. I mean, I went through a lot of hell, um, ironically, uh, using that word. Um because of the things that I was battling and suffering um, and, tra uh, you know, traumatic events in my life um, and not having, uh, not necessarily having um, reality numbed up and having to face all my problems right away. I'm hearing also voices because of, you know, drug-induced meth voices. And that lasted for a long time. And it basically was, I either have to get straightened up or I'm going to die because I don't think I can handle this. And so I sat in my room for a long time praying and reading the Bible. And I came out a pastor. I came out a preacher, not a pastor, but a preacher. Mm -hmm. And I had an aspiration to be a pastor. But I've always been interested in psychology at the same time. I think that where, where it started, this is kind of weird. But I loved uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla on Love's Line when I was in the <laughs> 90s. Uh, I uh, listened to that all the time and just the interesting stuff that he would nail. And uh, Dr. Drew is not a psychologist, but he's been around uh, enough to, to know a thing or two about some of the commonalities and things. And I remember hearing him one time, there was this woman that called and she had a, she was a 40-year-old woman and had a very tiny voice. Uh-huh. It's very tiny voice like that. She sounded like she was 12. Mousy. Yeah. And he goes, uh, ma'am, when were, when were you sexually abused? <laughs> that, that's how he phrased the question. She goes, how did, you, how did you know that? And he goes, almost every person that I've talked to that is in that age, and I don't know if this is true, I just heard Dr. Drew say this, uh, 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 that is of your age that has got this tiny voice, um, usually is from the overflow of some kind of sexual abuse. Um, and... <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but it started to make me start to wonder about the events that... Uh, Cause and effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really got hardcore deterministic. Um, and Which means what? 
Well, basically, it is cause and effect that everything uh, you cannot control. You're just your genes and environment. That's all you are. And you're, everything is you're random. You're fated to yeah. your uh, genetic yeah. environmental yeah. like interplay. Yeah, everything is random. It's evolutionary mm-hmm. uh, processes. Uh, it means nothing. Yeah. Um, that's essential. That was yeah. where I came from. Yeah. I, that was my mindset. Um, Bill, Bill Maher was a, um, you know, big hero of mine. Um, you know, um, and a lot of comedians, uh, as well that had that kind of mentality, uh, about everything being random. Still enjoy Bill Maher. I enjoy Bill Maher, but, uh, just agree with nothing that he says anymore, but I still find him humorous. But, sure. uh, um, now I can engage with him theologically. I would love to sit down and talk to him. Um, and I think he would, he, he would be a guy that would be open oh, and yeah. listen, you know, there are people I think that aren't definitely yeah. not afraid. He makes fun of Christianity, but I think he yeah. would give it its due if somebody could I think present so too. an argument. I yeah. think he would argue well oh, with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer, like I, uh, have never ever read any research to indicate that, like a common feature in adult women who have survived sexual assault is that they have meek or mousy voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no clue what statistics, if any, are even mm-hmm. available around something no, like that. No, this was the 90s. Right. So I don't so know what he was reading. I yeah. have no idea either. Um, but it, it, if that wasn't a staged call, then mm-hmm. he guessed well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, yeah, I mm-hmm. have never um, seen mm-hmm. that in terms, like that it, but again, I've I've not spent time yeah. either looking at research around it. So um, <clears throat> I, I would I would be very hesitant to mm-hmm. accept anything he said as fact without. Yeah. It. And so I realize that now at the but time what you're saying, like, it doesn't really matter whether or not it was right or wrong. Right. What he did was he drew your attention to a cause and effect. Yeah. yeah. Which mm-hmm. was you were it became interested in mm-hmm. understanding it, right right so. adam corolla made more sense to me than dr drew <laughs> it's just uh when dr drew would nail these things and i would always think i go oh, this is staged and this is a, a call and things i always i always think of everything as a bit even like that it took me a long time to realize that will smith actually slapped chris rock <laughs> <laughs> um, because i was like this is a bit you right know that's so funny it's a hollywood james bit, right? also thought it was staged at first yeah. and i didn't uh, i didn't have that I d- reaction i didn't think it was staged in strange conspiracy theory i just thought it was two guys doing something funny oh oh like planned yeah like they planned it back say hey man i'm gonna make funny roy if you come up and slap me that would be hilarious right i see i thought it was just a bit i didn't think it was a conspiracy theory i didn't think any of that i just thought it was a funny bit because i saw i laughed i go "Ah, he slapped him i I was just shocked hold on i don't even know that i had like a like an actual intelligible thought when i saw it happen i just thought it was a bit i was like Um, oh yeah i've seen worse you know, on TV, you what? know, right. <laughs> and I go, I, it's just a bit. That you know just goes I mean? to show like how your brain like is different than my brain. Yeah, <laughs> but I was, I was huge in show business. Sure. I mean, like you, I, and you yeah. like, I was going to say that you have a lot of history. Yeah. With that. And, and you it, understand that stuff right. like that happens in a way right. that I don't. So at first I thought it was a bit to sure. create ratings and to have somebody to talk, uh, something to talk about. Um, and then we're just going to laugh, you know, but sure. as I looked at it and I go, this ain't a bit, <laughs> this ain't a bit, you know, right. but so my call in psychology or, you know, what got me interested in, in things like that, you know, but, um, I'm primarily called to be an elder of a church. Oh, well, so that was going to be one of my questions. Was yeah. Like, where mm-hmm. do you feel like God's calling you mm-hmm. in this whole and area? Yeah. I'm called to be an elder in a church and we've talked about this a lot. I want privately. Yes. Right. 
uh, I want everything to be from the overflow of the church. I think Christians should be running everything, the institutions, agreed, the rehabs, yep. the homeless shelters. I think that we have the truth. Why wouldn't we? Why right. are we letting people who do not have truth run it? Run it. Why on earth? Why? Right. And then we go, oh, what? this world what? is so crazy. Yeah. And I go, what's the you're not psychology engaging. of that, y'all? Right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, I think it's uh, the church has gotten very apathetic uh, yes. about this stuff. Or because we just got o- so overwhelmed. We're brilliant theologians and brilliant researchers and brilliant communicators. But we got overwhelmed, or, uh, we got overwhelmed when there was something in reality that we did not know. What do you give me? What do you mean? So when psychology started popping up and we started explaining about, you know, our hurts, where they were coming from, you know, uh, categorically, not ontologically, Christians have When always we started made that. looking at be human behavior scientifically. Right. right. And then what happened is, is we got bamboozled by the secular world, creating their own worldview around the, maybe the, some truths that we agree with, but different conclusions to the matter. And Christians have a history of theology and counseling and governing and politics and things like that. We've never been in this area before, and I mean, we ignored it. I actually don't think that's true. Yeah, well, I think I think like like overall, we've handled it quite poorly. Yes. Um, now, his, historically speaking, now um, we're getting better. Yes. But I think also there's there's some fear in us uh, around. Oh it's yes. Like there's so much fear. Yeah, it's like. Can you possibly tell a person to repent when they're hurting? And I go, of course, of course you can. What are you going to be mean about it? Like, no. you, are you asking Again, that? Don't it, be mean. It's another manifestation <laughs> of like saying that that you believe in in the totality and the sufficiency of Scripture, but that not being your actual practice, right? Right, like understanding the like the people that God has made doesn't change like the great commission Mm -hmm. it doesn't change the necessity of like sharing the gospel with somebody to save their soul over anything else this is why i go disorder or not disorder you're still guilty in front of a holy god right (laughs) Right. (laughs) let's solve this first here (laughs) i i think um and and, and, the church doesn't the church doesn't need to be afraid of understanding these issues Mm -hmm. you know and especially if we really look at it as the way that I do, which is by and large, like consequences, mm-hmm. the light, long-term consequences, short-term consequences of sin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. both the physical pieces, oh yeah, the emotional pieces, I mean, the cognitive pieces, f- all of it. From the overflow of my rejection from God got me into so many situations that I shouldn't have been into that traumatized me. Yeah. Now. Am I going to say that I would? I'm I'm void of trauma uh, of getting traumatized just because I'm with Jesus. No, oh, I mean no, no, I, no. I could get into a near death experience and an accident and be scarred about driving on the freeway for the rest of my life. Sure. You know what I mean? Of course that can happen to us. But um, I'm also not going to say is that that maybe if I paid attention to God in the first place that I wouldn't have entered into those situations. Um, Sometimes, so, yes, yes, like my drug addictions or fear of identity or, or or fear of not being um, a liked um, sort sure. of identity Pe- problems and things like that. And, yeah. I would have had things that built up resilience in my heart to handle what the world would toss on me uh, it, to a certain degree, and. I knew that I would I would be more well off with Christ always, um, and probably would have experienced less 
um, of the things that I've experienced uh, in my life if I simply just considered him um, instead of my own comfort. I really think about that a lot. And not in like a pining, envious way, but I do Mm -hmm. think about the, the specific suffering that I might have been spared Mm-hmm. That was a product of my sin. Yeah, because a lot of the um, suffering. If I had known yeah. Christ younger, a lot younger than I. A, a lot of the suffering, not all of it. A lot of the suffering that I have, it was a pro- byproduct of my my own sin. Right, and what mm-hmm. we're not saying is that that's true for every trauma by any. No, no, not at all. Sometimes you didn't do anything, and Jesus addresses that. Right, and so that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. now our response uh, to everything, both, um, you know, suffering elicited from our sin or not. Um, we should consider God's law. We can sin in our responses to everything. And so I want to build up resilience in my heart to be prepared for those things. But there's only so much you can be prepared for. You can't be prepared for your entire family being wiped out in one day and all of a sudden go, well, buck it up. Pick up the cross, boy. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right. And it would be so harmful to say that to somebody in counseling. Yes. Fresh right there. Right there. The horror. Horror stories I've heard about situations like this. Yeah. Um, So... (sighs) Be a suffering servant when you see someone who is heartbroken. Hey, mourn with those who mourn. Mourn with those who mourn. And see, this is what we can do as Christian counselors, because yes. the APA says I can't hug anybody unless they hug me first. Um, oh, but if well. you come here, give me a hug. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, you're my okay. brother in Christ yeah. first. You're my um, sister in Christ you know, first. Well, of course, we have our own rules. And, uh, um, you know, but uh, we are allowed to mourn with those who mourn, and sometimes you need that. Um, you need those comforts, but there is a time, um, we have to move forward, um, always, you know, um, and, um, we need to also not be afraid of when that time comes to be. Well, and we need to understand Mm -hmm. that moving forward doesn't always look like, okay, Mm -hmm. now I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, moving forward doesn't mean that you won't still grieve. Of course so, you will, yeah. Um, you may but that comes with understanding how stuff like this works and not being afraid right. to learn, mm-hmm. right? And to somehow, like, the fear to me is that, mm-hmm. like, somehow it's going to challenge God's authority or, mm-hmm. like, Scripture in some way. And that we just know, guys, if this is the Word of God, if the if Scripture is the Word of God, if that's true, if we believe that, if we believe that it is inerrant, you have literally zero to fear because the truth will always be the truth. It doesn't change. It's not subjective. And that means with that lens, we can understand any of this. Mm-hmm. Like it all comes back to what God <coughs> says about creation. Right. Um, so anyway, you were starting to tell us that you feel called to be an elder. Mm-hmm. And I think about like the connection, right. Is, is as an elder, you would absolutely counsel people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I want to get to the truth in the, bo- you know, um, and the brass tacks uh, of everything. So I, because I have a history of addiction um, uh, process and substance abuse process, uh, us, uh, addiction mean, you know, mechanical with my body uh, or anything outside of uh, uh, substance abuse, uh, which was a sexual addiction mm-hmm. of mine. Um, and drug addiction um, stemming from, well, I put the pieces together, trust me, <laughs> um, of, of uh, why it ma- my rejection to God manifested in this way. Um I go, uh, there's a lot of people out there just like that. And, and, and everybody knows that. It, everybody knows that is listening right now knows 
somebody struggling with some kind of aspect of what I just mentioned. Sexual immorality and idolatry are the biggest sins that people commit. Mm. Um, And uh, and the after effects uh, thereof um, are, well, to each its own. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to uh, make sure that I was prepared for those things and were, uh, was able to answer and, and possibly show the Christian world that maybe Christ is preeminent over these things. So instead of going the seminary route, I just tried to, uh, mm-hmm. to go to the psychotherapy route, not to bring psychotherapy in to the Bible, but to make sense of the psychotherapy from the Bible. Yes, yes. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well said, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm going to be... Um, sort of the misfit of the bunch Mm -hmm. you know i'm not walking orthodoxy in psychotherapy or pursuing the eldership in a reformed decision because in my doctorate i'm going to be thinking theologically but i'm not going to seminary right now and so you know where my trial lies in what's what's next where do i go what's next well i've I've been working with our our pastors too as well right you lead yourself in like a self-study seminary Mm -hmm. so yes i i I thank god that he built that foundation first you know now i i could always use a formal uh, uh, school um which I would love to go to seminary. Um, and sure. I'm not so arrogant. Oh, I know everything no, 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 about no, no. theology. But no. I know a great deal. And I know how to address it. Well, so, yeah. so and you're going to keep learning. I think that's... Of course, of like, course. You're going to keep becoming um, more you know, knowledgeable. I, uh, I just listened to Vody Bachman um, talk about Genesis and the story of Joseph. And I always thought about this well, when he was uh, 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 talking. But he was giving me some nuances to consider um, about... Um, about Joseph and who that story was really about. And it was really about Jacob, not really Joseph. And, uh, um, you know, that forming the nations and fulfilling the promise of Abraham, which overall fulfilling the promise of the curse of Satan in Genesis 3.15, across the head of the serpent, the seed of the woman, and who uh, uh, who all of this is and, and, and what this story is about. Um, it, that it's not just about prosperity here. Um, and Joseph's sons were Ephraim and Manasseh. Manasseh means let it go, and Ephraim means... Um, land of my affliction and uh, joseph was living in egypt and kept the hebrew names though it was the hebrews his brothers that were afflicting him (coughs) but he had manasseh and he goes i'm gonna let that go and pay attention to god and this is the land of my affliction even though egypt was the actual land that he was prospering in and canaan was the one that was chastising him the land of promise and i go why did he still identify with God and his Hebrew nations? Because he understood the covenant relationship of what that was pointing to and that Joseph was put in that position to save his brothers, to bring them out right. into the whole encompassing covenant so they can be Israel. And um, I go, wow, it's not a story about prosperity, even though there's some prosperity there. It's a story of Christ. Right. Right. It's always always the story of Christ. And when I think about that and I go, well, then how how do I apply with my, uh, that to my life? It's to consider what the book of Hebrews and a bunch of the apostles said that in your suffering, consider him who died on a cross that suffered unto death, even death on a cross, because we haven't suffered like that. Right. Um, none of us have suffered innocently. Yeah. And uh, none of yeah, us. We yeah. no, because there's none of us that are innocent. So when I consider such things and that I know that I have a great high priest who is tempted in all the things that I'm tempted in, 
it yeah. brings me comfort because what that reiterates in my heart is that one day, though I see in a mirror, I'm getting misty eyed from <laughs> that one day um, when I, because I'm seeing in a mirror dimly that I will see him face to face and clearly. Right. And that's what I want. That's how I trust the sovereignty of God. That's how, because if I didn't have that hope, then the sovereignty of God means nothing to right. me. But because of that, I, uh, I have that hope, I understand what God's doing totality uh, in totality in my trials. And though sometimes I may be confused and I can analyze the behavioral aspects and what I can do to even mitigate that suffering by changing behavior, which would be good. Um, but then overall, knowing that even a simple change of behavior won't fix the actual problem. My actual problem is fear of death or fear of vanity. And I need to cling on to that, that, that great hope that he has me consider because if he can bring Joseph through um, being sold into being slavery, so, sold into slavery lied about, yeah. uh, jail, forgotten, all the way to Pharaoh's right-hand man, right. doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to get that reward. What I'm, If he can govern that to produce the Messiah, right. he will govern everything to produce salvation. In right. And I will know that he me. is God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, sometimes that's all you get because that's all you need. Right. So, um, yeah, you're not going to get the things that you want. And maybe you won't succeed in the things that you wanted to succeed in. Mm -hmm. Am I going to lie to you? Uh, I will say go for it. Mm -hmm. You sure. know, um, if the Lord wills, go for it. I'll be right here to support you. Uh, you know, whatever yes. I, uh, who I'm talking to, I don't want to discourage them. You want to be in a band? Be in a band. You want to, you know, sure. build a computer program? Do it. You know, do it to the glory of God. Right. Uh, solely Deo, Gloria, and everything that you do. Um, and I don't have to give a warning other than don't sin when you're doing these things. Um, but that's not the way I counsel. I don't counsel go, well, you should do that. That will, you know, bring up your behavior health. I really want to reiterate the resurrection of the dead and everything that, I, well, and, and everything that I counsel. Then I can talk about those encouraging things. Sure. That. Right. Yeah. You deal with uh, the heart issue first. Right. So as that's very pastoral. Um, and I go, well, it helps if I know. The human mind, especially in today's culture, where um, we're uncovering more things about the mind and discounting things that we thought we knew. Right. So it, it's changing all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I do believe that God's word does not change. Um, and um, I want to find the truth within those uh, within those two uh, realities um, because I believe that it exists and I believe that Christ is truth. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Um, it just made sense to go down that route. You know, I have the experience in it. Now I can publicly speak uh, or I can public, um, I can do public speaking very well, except right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and uh, I know how to exposit an exegete a passage. Um, I know how to counsel. I know, I mean, it sounds like I'm an elder and I want everything to be from the overflow of the church, like I said. Right. And I want the psychiatrist working right next to the pastor right. in the same building. And, the, uh, right, psychologist, psychiatrist, right. the mental health folk. Yeah, I do believe that when you walk in, she should she be a, a big cross, uh, and we'll help you. Right, don't let them help you. We'll help you. So right, you don't need to feel helpless, right, as a Christian because mm -hmm. you have the ultimate helper. Mm -hmm. um, uh, recently, des uh, 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 designed a study about hope and not the benefits of hope because there's enough studies out there. We know that believing in something will help. Mm -hmm. Um, but whether or not a, a hope is objective mm. or subjective and whatever I approve, and I believe it is objective because I believe that Christ is the only true hope. 
that um, having a false hope will create a lot of problems in your life. Sure. And, uh, got an A on it. And I'll, uh, I've talked to that, that a little bit about, about that before. I'm going to be doing a survey on there, trying to gain regionally in the United States what the common man's um, understanding of hope is, um, analyze that, and then give an apologetic for mm. it, um, and, um, and then um, uh, that apologetic will, uh, will answer the real objectivity of hope. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, also expose it that if the greatest psychological world thinks that hope's subjective, that's something that you just made up, then it's not real. All right. It's just fake. Oh my gosh, I'm having flashbacks to my dissertation right now. Um, good luck getting IRB approval for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but that sounds like a great study. You know, I think GCU would would yeah. help you out with uh, that. Well, yeah. you you would have to do it through university. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but you'll cross that bridge when oh, you come yeah. to it, mm -hmm. and we'll be praying for you, brother. Mm -hmm. um, I've got one more question for you. This is more like I mean, I feel like you give very personal answers anyway, but mm -hmm. this is more personal. Um, what would you say? has been or is your biggest area yeah currently of psychological struggle mm -hmm. um and w i guess what are you doing about it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's an ongoing process <laughs> yeah here i've only walked with the lord for about six years and um that seems like an eternity <laughs> uh, when you're going through trials and tribulations and working on uh, and God's working on your character, conforming you to the image of Christ. My biggest, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to go this route, talking about fear again, because we've already touched upon this, but th now this is a more of a personal answer. And then the repercussions of my um, behavior or mental health from this, because I think that, that it falls into a lot of different categories. My biggest fear is that everything that I'm doing is in vain. Your biggest fear is that... Yeah. Everything you're doing is for naught. Okay. So when you say fear, I'm going mm -hmm. to like use like a clinical mm -hmm. or like, so you're an, a, an area of great or the area of greatest anxiety for you yeah. is the idea that everything you do is in vain. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have to reiterate well, in, scripture in, in, in my vain. Heart how so though? What like, mm -hmm. what do you mean by in vain? My journey, after all my hard work is done, it doesn't pay off. Um, How? But so, what payoff? What does that mean? What does payoff? Mean? Well, if I have a goal like getting my degree and becoming oh, an elder, okay, I work. You don't towards mean like that. the end of your life? No, 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 no. I see. see. I, no, as far as salvation goes, I gotcha. I've never been more certain of my life that I I'm gotcha. Christ okay. than I will rise. See that I'm totally yeah. misunderstood. But I'm talking about the things that um, I feel called to do the things that I want to get done. This comes from a form of insecurity. So, yeah. okay. So the things that you're doing currently mm -hmm. towards this end, you know, in the f field of psychology, behavioral mm -hmm. health, that that specifically your pursuit of the eldership, like that those things are in vain. Mm -hmm. I got gotcha. Yeah. That I'm going to work my butt off to try to get there. And then the door is going to close and I'm not going to be able to obtain it. Um, and that all my work, I'm just wasting my time kind of thing. And, um, that is, uh, some of that is a healthy fear. Uh, I will admit. And what I mean by that is you should always check yourself and reevaluate yourself to see if you're in the right direction. Uh, because if you don't, you may be, you know, misguided. And so there's that, 
that that healthy uh, check of you, but most of the time it is a great anxiety unto sin that I go, you know, and, and, and I think it derives from insecurity saying that, you know, you're stupid, this is crazy, um, you're not called to do this, you're a failure, look at your past, all that stuff that mm-hmm. is still resonating in me because of my past sins uh, before Christ or just a the general atmosphere that I basically uh, of encountered or perceived uh, to be uh, in my life um, still plays a big role with me today. And um, there's a lot of prayer and a lot of suffering that goes into place to try to get out of that mind frame. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm weak and sometimes it'll go for about a week. And um, because of that kind of insecurity, uh, it can create a lot of depression and, um, and a lot of anxiety to where I get discouraged, shut down, and uh, angry mm-hmm. uh, with that. Um, God a- is, like yeah. angry at what? Me, um, specifically my situation, and uh, there could be some anger towards God. Actually, you know, it's it's all towards God mm. because I'm saying that I don't trust him uh, on that. Right. I don't believe that, but I, I think that if I really were and to analyze mani- it, it's there. Yeah, yeah. That, the base of that, it's a manifestation of mm. not trusting that God will. Mm-hmm. That even, like, if, if it does all fall through, mm-hmm. that, like, he is mm-hmm. all you need. That you will still be well loved, right? That you still will be well provided for, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And uh, it has progressed into uh, you know me bettering uh, myself to handle those things. So basically, God has not took that away from me, but has given me the wisdom to handle it. And I have to, I, I, I look at it and go, you know. What is that? Why handle it instead of just taking it away? Why why not just take that fear away? Why not just give me the heart that says that I can rest uh, regardless of what happens? And um, I think because it's connected to things um, that if you were to take that away, I wouldn't even be able to accomplish my goals in the first place. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Paul had a great... Uh, care and well, it says in the scripture anxiety, but the Greek word is care uh, or Miriam nah, it just uh, to have a care for something about his churches. Uh, and plus, he suffered for the, uh, the, the name of the Lord. And he says, I suffer all things for the sake of the elect. So, a lot of the cares and worries that I have in there actually are healthy if I look at it in the light of the sovereignty of God. Mm. <laughs> Uh, like and a so, lot of the concern that you have for it's a rise to an occasion it's a yes it's a rise to the occasion because there's something that i've given you that's important i see and if i were to just take all this away you wouldn't care at all maybe you wouldn't suffer but you wouldn't care about these things that you need to care about kind of thing okay um instead of being over anxious be careful like a mom cares for their children sure um and um like, um, I'm single and celibate, too, as well. And so there's a big fear of never being with somebody, right? And I still have biological responses, just as any male. But God has kept me from defiling myself. But I still feel it. I still feel the burning and the passion and everything. Well, why don't you just take that away if, you're, uh, uh, if I'm single? Well, if I take that away, then you won't have it at all, and you won't even well, want to pursue. <laughs> 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 and so, okay. So some like of that, this, I mean, yeah. so that is such a that's an interesting way of looking at it. <laughs> I think I, that is not the way that I that isn't the primary way mm. um, 
that isn't the the primary explanation, excuse me, that I assign mm-hmm. to any like suffering not being immediately relieved. Mm-hmm. And um, I think first and foremost for me, um, God, like this goes back to, to like Christ suffered mm-hmm. with like when he shouldn't have. Do you like that's a huge part of this? He was oh, yeah. innocent and suffered, right? Mm-hmm. Why on earth? If the goal of sanctification is to be conformed to Christ's image, why on earth mm. would God excuse us from suffering? Yeah, he's not going to. He doesn't do it most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And that, like, it is peculiar, but it, like, it's peculiar that it's doing a good work in you. Mm-hmm. And it's doing a good work in you because it's conforming you to the image of Christ, mm-hmm. right? So I, I see, I hear what you're saying. That, like, Mm -hmm. if the opposite were true, essentially, like, if I didn't have, like, what is a normal, healthy, Mm -hmm. male interest in sex, Mm -hmm. that, like, that would be, Mm -hmm. like, a really big problem in in and of itself, Mm -hmm. in that it could... And so... Prohibit you from pursuing... That reiterates God's design in me. That reiterates righteousness from Christ, and then overall struggling with that thing turns me and conforms me to the image of Christ. Um, so it all it all has that tier list, you know, like yeah, yeah, it, checks uh, it, everything. it checks everything. And um, but then why 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 everything in vanity? Why is my greatest anxiety? the fear of, 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 of vanity. Why is it that uh, it's the fear of not, that nothing is going to result from whatever you're doing here? Uh, like you're not going to be a pastor. You're not going to be a psychologist. You're not going to go through school. Why do those fears, like all your labor will just be squashed and thwarted uh, like the rest of your life kind of thing. Um, and I don't know why that's in me, but I, I view that as a form of insecurity because um, I've struggled that with that mm-hmm. with my whole life of not um, understanding my own strengths and weak- uh, weaknesses and not understanding that I actually have capabilities and that I'm actually um, uh, well, um, I think you're fo- gifted like, in areas. So. Part of it is a singular focus, mm-hmm. which is the end result. Right. And when that happens, everyone is guilty of this, mm-hmm. myself included. We focus on the what we want at the mm-hmm. end, right? It's the finish line. There's mm-hmm. nothing weird or abnormal or mm-hmm. sinful about that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is with that singular focus, we forget everything that happens mm-hmm. along the way, right. which actually is the growing, is the sanctification, right. is the becoming wa- more wise. Wiser right. is wise, wiser. Yeah. Becoming wiser, becoming a better disciple of Christ, mm-hmm. better servant, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Obedient servant of mm-hmm. Christ, of the, of the gospel, of your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so it's like, you know, when I hear a fear of that, I I I know exactly what it's correlated to. It's in it's it's insecurity. My whole life, I've tried to um, um, be famous and be on top yeah. and be the most. So popular. that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, was it's, a, this it's an identity is, issue. This is about legacy. Yeah. This is about yeah. your legacy. Yeah. So basically, at least a piece of it. One one thing that the Holy Spirit reiterates into my heart all the time is, you know, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that uh, I, I've given you tips, or I've give, I, I've said this on the the podcast before. One of the things that I practice um, is looking into a mirror and understanding who God is and who am I in light of that. 
and as an, as an image bearer, as an of image God, bearer of God, who am I? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is the one word answer. I'm his son, because that has so much weight behind it. How mm-hmm. am I a son? Well, I just described to you a Joseph. There's a lot of things that go into the fact that you can call God father, maybe consider that, that that's what that means. And then you can wrap it up in a neat, nice little phrase and say, the son of God right? <laughs> so, yeah. or a son of God, not the, right. but uh, a, a son, son of, of God. God. Yes. One of, yeah. One the of, adopted one of many, of one of God. many. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, and so, uh, yeah, uh, that, that is something that I struggle with or have intensely, uh, these past six years, but has gotten exponentially better as yeah. each year goes along. And I, I think that I'm in the best possible situation well, that I've ever I, been. I so. mean, I think the good news is too, like it doesn't, it makes you no different from anyone else. We all have, yeah. we all have the tendency to, um, idolize things to make idols of things. And our favorite thing to mm. make an idol of is ourselves. Is ourselves. Right. Yeah. So I'm very self-deprecative, you know, th- I very think back to your original point, Nick, like we have eternity written on our hearts. Yes. Legacy is important. We can always boil it down to there. Don't right. We? The yeah. pro like the point though, as a Christian is it's Christ's legacy, mm-hmm. not yours. Right? right. If we can mm-hmm. be remembered as faithful, like stewards of the gospel, Amen. um, that's that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that should be the end and the beginning of mm-hmm. it. So I want him to be remembered more so than I do. Yeah, and, and I I go, God, why'd you stick me at Apologia where there's a camera on every corner? <laughs> uh, you know me, mm-hmm. I'm gonna want to be in it every single time. And I go, wait, this is the perfect place for me to be, not because of that, but what better way to make me face, yes. you know, you know, it's like exposure your therapy. Pride, yeah. <laughs> if you want to say it to that kill way, your pride, yeah. kill your pride in face of the thing that can consume you. Mm-hmm. And I start to think about that. And that's how you build up resilience. Uh-huh. You know, you stare at a lion and maybe that lion, maybe, maybe you start to think that you can tackle that down. You know? well, or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not so sure that like you shouldn't be afraid of the lion. Right. Nietzsche said, or we're going back to Nietzsche, you stare at the abyss, you become the abyss. Uh, Jung had the concept of the the shadow Mm kind of thing like that. Well, we're Christians. We believe in original sin. Right. But that doesn't mean that I have to hide my face every time that the the devil lurks. What I have to do is understand righteousness. And then sometimes in order to understand what you have to face and fight, uh, or what you have to fight is to face that thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you won't become it, but you'll understand it. Uh, Jordan Peterson brings up Mufasa a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And so Mufasa from Lion King. So he's on the Pride Rock and he's staring out into the, uh, into the open, right? And he's got a gentle face. And he smiles at everybody. But then there's something behind those eyes that if you mess with them, He's going to show you that he means business. <laughs> uh, I think God, uh, you know, the, the, the Father um, and, and Jesus, it's like, He's a kind, loving, perfect love, uh, perfect comfort, perfect peace. But he also says, have the fear of the Lord. Why? Why would you respect? Mm -hmm. Because Because there's a lot. My wrath. Because there's a lot. My perfect justice. Right. My perfect wrath. There's a lot of power that goes into being perfect. And um, if you're perfect, that means you're perfect in every attribute. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah. And I go... You know, we're as image bearer, uh, bearers of God. He says, "Be holy as I am holy. Be you perfect as I am perfect." Pursue that. Pursuing you know, those yeah. Things. Obviously, that's why you need Christ because you're not going to be able to accomplish perfection. 
but we should be able, I should be able to look at the things that haunted me in the past and rebuke it in the name of Christ or stand up to it in the name of Scripture and be able to fight it to where when I look at it, I know how to respond and then perhaps, perhaps it will be killed. Perhaps that I can squash that or perhaps I can get somebody out of there, you know. I hope a lot of homeless people, a lot of drug addicts on the street. I've had plenty of conversations with somebody with a meth pipe in their hand, and I used to do drugs. Mm -hmm. um, and so I can look at that, and I, it's just, it, it's so uncanny that zero desire right, it's comes like, out of me. Yeah. And I can look at that, and it's wicked in your hand. Right, right revolt. Um, but at the same time, this person is an image bearer of God. Right. I know. So what am I going to do? Run away because the, the world says I'm still an addict? No, screw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to face it and I'm going to devour it like a lion. And I'm going to speak to this image bearer. Right. So maybe, hopefully, he can come over to the side that I'm on. Right. And, um, yeah. and not by your power, but by God's power. But by God's power. So face it. Face it. Suffer. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just go right into it. Build up that resilience. Learn from Scripture. Who was Christ? What is right. Christ? Um, and what is God? Uh, catechize yourself. Right. Understand right. these things. Right. And, um, Intimately and then, get to know. Yeah, yeah. Use wisdom in it. You know when you're ready and you know when you're not. Um, and and um, what, what Nick is not saying is that you all need to go out and do homeless evangelism and, start and talk, talk with people who are yeah. actively using any type of yeah. narcotic. Ap appropriate it into your calling, into your position in Christ and where he's got you. Uh, as a single guy, uh, Paul said, you know, he cares for the matters of the Lord, but a married man cares for the matters of, uh, of his family. And so I'm put in a lot of positions that uh, normally that not a lot of people can do. Right. You know? Well, so the, like, so. right. Men who are married mm -hmm. with, with families don't mm -hmm. have the opportunity to do as much. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be a new ministry or an idea or a person that I'm sharing the gospel with. Because I live a single life and I can go anywhere at any time and do anything <laughs> I want and I just don't sin. Um, and if I want to go to a coffee shop at 1130 at night because I know that there's somebody there that uh, said that they want to know the Bible. Well, it looks like I'm staying up till three in the morning sharing the gospel with somebody. And what? I've done coffee that. Coffee shops are open at 1130 at night. <laughs> and there's a 24-hour one down the, uh, in, oh. on Bell Road that oh. I go to all the time. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, I, I, my ultimate goal, I hope he uh, listens, my ultimate goal or my ultimate, you know, it's just like prayer for this guy obviously is to know Christ. He's very receptive. Yeah. And I would love to um, continue to disciple him and I would love to baptize him. Oh. Um, that uh, uh, to me would be the most uh, precious gift that I've ever received just to baptize somebody. Oh. Now I know that in pursuit of eldership and becoming, I'm going to have plenty of those opportunities. And I would like to get that first one. I would like to understand that God has saved somebody through the wisdom that he's given me um, to talk to somebody that was receptive. You uh -huh. know, I just want to see God's glory shine the, in that the way. The fruit of your yeah. labor. Again, yeah. we can tie that right back to, like, my work is not in vain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think ultimately, like, remembering, like, it, the work of your hands is really an extension of the work of the kingdom. Amen. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what Christ accomplished. I mean, my work would be in vain if he didn't accomplish it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Without Christ's sacrifice, all the suffering would be without That's what me. gives me the peace on when that fear pops up. Right. You know, maybe that was a longer answer than <laughs> what you expected. <laughs> but I think it all ties in perfectly. And uh, um, it's not in a way of disorder. It doesn't interrupt my day-to-day -day life. But it's there. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your candor. Yeah. 
and vulnerability. You say that a lot. I say that a lot. Too. I appreciate your candor. Your candor. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think we asked me that question, but that's fair. We can do it at another <laughs> episode. I don't remember. Do you remember? There's plenty of time. No, I don't. Uh, no, anyway, no. Um, I think that's good. We, you know, we end every episode with um, the same, the same verse. And I think it's so applicable to like end our conversation here. Um, you know, you don't need to be afraid. You yeah. can be courageous, right? Because. Because he has overcome the world. That's right. Amen, brother. We love you guys. Love you.